Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into the Batter Up podcast, a 92.9 The Game exclusive. Well, I'm Caleb Johnson here with Joe Patrick. You're not. You're not. Our <laughs> our former, I don't know, our former friend, but our former host, Will Palachuk. Former friend. Wow. I said Just not. Through. I, I, I was I was tripping over my own words there. Uh, through Welcome Will to the big right, leagues, Caleb. I was about to say, <laughs> threw Will right under the bus and we just, you know, Hit things off like we uh, like we never missed them, but no, we really do. Uh, our buddy Will Pelagic, who is normally hosting the Batter Up podcast, has moved on to Charlotte, uh, where he's doing big, uh, big great things out there in the the you know radio world, sports radio world. Uh, so definitely wanted to give a shout out to him that we we do miss him, but we are gonna you know kind of continue on. The show must go on. We'll be here what every Monday for from now until eternity yeah <laughs> so we're in our coffins now we'll be here every monday uh live on facebook you can check us out um and of course you can download and download the show on itunes find us on radio.com app that kind of thing but we'll be here every week from now on yeah if you're catching us on facebook live we're hoping to be around this three o'clock mark a little late today but uh you know i'll, I'll blame it on joe no, it kidding. was my fault it was definitely my <laughs> fault um no, but uh, but yeah, so some consistency, you'll know where to catch us if you're listening to us on the pod- podcast, of course, um, you know, whenever your leisure time of when you want to pick things up, we are going to be talking Braves baseball, hopefully up until a World Series berth. Let me just go ahead and sprinkle that one out mm. there. Uh, the, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put some optimism out into the world. <laughs> That things are ready to go with the Batter Up podcast. Uh, Joe, we we got things started already this week with spring training game. Are you are you ready for the overreaction headlines of what to expect for this brave season? I was uh, I tweeted yesterday. I was like watching the game and it was just like I'm just like watching my box score update every 30 seconds on my phone. That was like basically how I was taking the game in. Um, yes, <laughs> it I was weird. It was weird that. There's no TV broadcast that we could catch this game, at least, I don't know, get an idea of what was going on as the Braves played the Rays, you know, the defending, uh, um, um, what are they? AL, the defending the AL pennant winners. Is that the pennant? Yeah, yeah, they they made it. They, you know, golf clap to them that they made it <laughs> to the World Series only to be um, kind of run through by, by the juggernaut Dodgers. And so it was just one of those... I can't even say it was good to see them because we couldn't see them. 
you could listen to the call. Uh, but then today we actually got some baseball and it's actually going on uh, as we speak. The Braves are playing the Red Sox. Looks like Atlanta is up four to two if you care about those non-important sorts of things. So, Joe, what are you uh, what are you ready to overreact to? <laughs> yeah, yesterday um, it's so funny. I was, I was yesterday, of course, you get the you have the first spring training game. Then it's like, you know, for me as the Braves reporter, it's like you feel some sort of pressure, not pressure, but just like, you know, you start getting um, producers requesting you to be on the show to talk about the game and like all the, you know, well, I, I recall back to last year, it was like Tuki Tucson, I think struck out the side in the first inning. Like he started the first game of spring training and I think he had like three strikeouts. This is, I guess this would have been 2019, not last year's spring training. Okay. And, um, and everybody was started like was like going wild about it. And it's just like, okay. And doesn't it doesn't matter at all. So I'm more still just thinking about stuff that's happened over the offseason, that kind of thing. It's really hard to put much uh, stock of any into what we've seen in one game uh, of spring training, especially the first game of spring training when you know you've got pass balls because the pitcher and catcher are not on the same page with signs and things like that. So that's literally the stage that we're dealing with right now. So you're not ready to overreact to the fact that Kyle Wright looked a little shaky in his first appearance since uh, since the postseason. No, I'm not. I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. (laughs) Little. I don't even know if I'm a little worried. No, it's just like it's funny. Like uh, Sean Newcomb. Again, I wasn't able to watch, but um, apparently people were saying that Snicker looked very upset with Sean Newcomb, that he was looking very frustrated with his outing. And then after the game. We were talking to Snit, and he seemed like really pleased with with Sean Newcomb, and he was like, "No, like he he hasn't been pitching in a while, and this kind of atmosphere, it's going to take him a while to get back." Because you know he was basically at the at the training site; he wasn't even playing minor league baseball, obviously last year. So, um, it's like everybody reads into everything at this point. <laughs> so, just trying to keep Freddie, it even keel. <laughs> Freddie Freeman has just barely joined the team at this point. Yep. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just made it to Florida where he can, I, I saw a photo of him. I think it was four generations of Freemans that were there after Freddie and his wife uh, just had a couple of kids here in the last month or so. Uh, so he's, you know, I guess a new parent again, dealing with those sorts of things. But, uh, but yeah, I think the, the general idea is nothing to overreact to. We're still very new into things. We're still so new into spring training that, as I was uh, mentioning to you before we, we got on here, that the spring training is in a form where you can just call the end to an inning. And just yeah. after 20 pitches, you can, as a manager, look over the umpire and say, yeah, we're done with this one. I think <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, right. What a <laughs> just since we're making up rules, let's just throw them in here. I think through March 14th, if I remember, uh, I think that's the date that they put on there where after after you've had a pitcher throw 20 pitches, you can pull them and just end the inning. I think the, the Braves had the bases loaded in the first or second. And of course, Boston was like, yeah, guys throwing 22. We're done with things. And just uh, and just move on. I do want to kind of abruptly, I guess, transition into we got to talk about this offseason and yep. what we've seen. I feel like everyone on our airwaves at 92.9 has kind of had the opportunity 
to do dissect and look at the offseason. Now's our chance. Uh, I guess, Joe, I'll just toss it to you as to where you want to start with what you want to break down and, and what happened this offseason. I mean, I thought it was a good offseason just to kind of I, we can take a little uh, chronological recap. It was kind of funny that the Braves were pretty much the most active team in like that first week of free agency with signing Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley, those two starting pitchers, two decent to high quality starting pitchers as well. Obviously, I think people are a little shaky with Charlie Morton, just purely based on Cole Hamels, somebody who has nothing to do with Charlie Morton, but just because they kind of occupy that similar kind of pitching profile on the roster as the older veteran who can give you, you know, quality innings, that kind of thing. I think people are a little worried just because of how that all went down last year. But I think that Charlie Morton signing him to the uh, one-year deal is a great deal. Um, And Alex Anthopoulos, as I've kind of talked to you about this, um, Alex Anthopoulos convinced me that Drew Smiley, um, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, he's coming. He's a guy who was coming off of Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, and it always takes guys at least like a season to kind of really get the control back. The velocity comes back pretty soon, but then it's the, you know, gaining that command. And it seems like Drew Smiley has that. Apparently, he was like one of the best pitchers in all of baseball that last month of the season last year, um, just by the numbers. So. I think that was a good deal. Um, But then it was like the driest period of news I've ever seen with the Braves ever. Like, because for obvious reasons, you're dealing with COVID stuff. um, You're dealing with just generally a slow market. And all the while, they just have this huge gap in left field where Marcelo Zuna uh, played last year, or I guess he was a DH, but you know, this year he would, they needed that left fielder and they finally got that deal done, which I think was huge. He was, it was increasingly becoming more apparent that he had to be the guy as other players did start to sign with teams. George Springer went off the board. Uh, Michael Brantley went off the board. I'm just trying to think of other players who were kind of tentatively linked to the Braves in, in any way. Um, and Marcelo Zuna was the one there and they got a great deal for him. Um, so it's really, I think it's been a great off season for the Braves because there wasn't a whole lot of like holes that needed to be filled other than, you know, just getting him back. Uh, and then shoring up that rotation. So um, I'm going to just step out there and give it a grade, and I'm interested to hear what your grade for the Braves offseason might be. I'm giving it an A-. minus. I'm giving it an A- minus based on just the needs and the, you know, what they um, realistically were able to achieve with the kind of money that they have. All right, first off, I I let this stand on our rundown sheet and didn't – make any sort of I saw- <laughs> comment towards things. I absolutely cannot stand grades. Now we're grades. going to do it. <laughs> I'll see. I just, desp- I despise them because I mean, you're just, you know, just the, the skeptic in me realizes that you're just throwing out something that, you know, just, I don't know. It's random. It's, I guess it's one of those things that it's highly debatable. And this is a perfect example of that where, yeah, you want to get into, you know, people who have left. You got Melanson. He goes to San Diego. Duvall, he leaves, goes down to Miami. Cole Hamels, thank goodness he is no longer part of this franchise. Uh, I did tell you that I, I went to the Braves did a spring cleaning, I guess, where they were trying to get out their old inventory. Yeah. And I ran across like three racks of Cole Hamels jerseys. And I just got a really good laugh out of things uh, <laughs> because I much like our, our uh, uh, 
someone that we work with and Brian Gebhardt just it, we're never I was never a fan uh, of Hamels even before he came to the Braves and then when he came to the Braves obviously just completely soured my opinion of, of how he handled himself but that's gone and in the past bringing in Morton I like that move you, you need a veteran this staff this pitching staff needs a veteran Charlie Morton coming in here giving him you know 15 million whatever it was for the one year knowing he is on his way out uh I think and and I may have even said this because I th- I think we had enough time we did a, a batter up like right towards the end of the season. That's right. Yeah. And I did. and I do think at that point Morton had been signed by the Braves. And I and I still stand by I think what I kind of alluded to then, which was as much as you have pitching coaches, you have, you know, guys to develop this talent, there's just something about having that guy sitting next to you in the bullpen or sitting next to you during spring who can just break down and, and give you little pointers, whether it's Max Freed, you know, uh, no matter who it is, it's just there's something important about having that guy there who can kind of guide you along the way. And I think Morton does that. I'm still not sold on Drew Smiley, but we'll get, in, you know, it's one of those we'll see once we get to the season. Obviously, with uh, the National League not bringing back the designated hitter, that's one of those that hurt to see you know ozuna comes back yay we're excited i'm not gonna go you know ecstatic over it just because i know that he's going to have to play in the field and um i do think sometimes we have overreacted in the past to ozuna's play in left field i'm still not excited about the fact that that he's going to be out there uh but he is a a solid offensive piece uh i you know, I guess newer pieces, Jake Lamb comes in, shores up a little bit of the bench. Uh, Jason Kipnis obviously coming on a, um, a minor league deal. Kind of another piece that you assume is going to be on this bench. If I have to give out a grade, um, I will be optimistic in that I will put it B, just just a B, not I'll a take B it. plus, not a B minus, just a B. You're um you you're you're giving them the uh not the on the A to F scale, but did you ever have report cards in elementary school where you get an S or a or a U yeah, or an N or, or something U. like that? You get the yeah. get, you're giving them the S. Satis- yeah, satisfactory. 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 Satisfactory offseason. I'll take it. It's as I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, obviously you don't know exactly how these guys are going to turn out based on projections or whatnot. But um, I think at the end of the day, the Braves are still lined up to be the favorite in this division. And, you know, I think that they have You're sold on that. I think they should be. I, I know that people disagree with that, but I mean, the Braves have been doubted. You Obviously nobody expected them to win in 2018. Nobody thought they were going to win it again in 2019. Um, and then even in 2020, Braves own fans were saying the season was over when Mike Soroka went down with that Achilles injury. And I'm not even going to say they were wrong for saying that kind of thing for <laughs> expressing that sentiment, but um, still this team just proves time and time again, that they're that good. And at some point we got to believe it, you know? So I think that they're the favorites and um, coming into the season and, until another team comes in and kind of stakes cl- that claim. Yeah. I think what the, what the Mets did was obviously flashier 
mm-hmm. uh, in in a way that maybe they will grab the attention. I do think, I guess, when it comes to me grading the Braves and, and what expectations I have out of them, I don't put it into the division because, in in my opinion, who cares if they win the division? I mean, it's nice. It's a it's a nice little border, you know, a nice sign that you get to put up in your stadium. But uh, the Nationals a couple of years ago, they didn't win the division, but they won what was more important. And that's I feel sure. like that's that's what I put the emphasis in and that this is every year I'm going into things going. Is this a World Series team as currently constructed? I am not a believer. This is a World Series team. Wow. And maybe that's my hot take for the moment <laughs> uh, early into the batter up podcast. Maybe I'll revisit things later on down the road. Uh, but yes, as I'm, currently constructed, and I want to, I want to see Atlanta get to a point where I can believe in that. Mm. I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm glad we kind of have a diversity of, uh, of opinions here because I think that that makes for a more interesting conversation because I think that they are more suited to, um, a world series run this year because of the starting rotation. The fact that Ian Anderson really proved himself to be a pitcher who, not only is going to give you consistent performances throughout the year, but I think that he's also proven himself to be a guy who can handle the high stress situations of the playoffs like he did last year. Um, And so I have a ton of confidence in him. Of course, a lot of that rides on Ian Anderson, Max Fried, Mike Soroka getting healthy in one of them's case and staying healthy. Uh, But I think that this rotation has a lot of um, upside, you know, besides beyond what we've seen so far from these guys in their careers, I still think Max Freed, all these guys, I think they can all take steps up and become even better pitchers. They're all very young still. Um, and so I think that I'm banking on that a little bit, both in the rotation and just generally in the lineup. Like I've said, I think Ronald Acuna can still get become a better player. And last year we didn't see we saw like a half Ronald Acuna for almost all of last year because he was dealing with injuries. Same with Ozzy Albies. You know, I just feel like a lo- there's a lot of untapped potential still uh, on this Braves roster, which makes me really excited. And I just am looking forward to seeing uh, what they become this year. And I'd be the pessimist and go flip side on you. And and this is and maybe this is just the the war torn uh, Atlanta fan in me that comes out. When I see this and I go, okay, last year, sure, you didn't have, you know, what could have been the best run from Ronald Acuna, but you did have an MVP and Freddie Freeman. Is Freddie going to just be right back at that same level that he was? Uh, I, I guess I can say a year ago, but, you know, half a year ago, more like it is what it really seems like. Uh, yeah, is, is he at that level? And then... We have this big question mark, which I'm sure we'll we'll have plenty of time to dive into. Of what is Mike Soroka going to be after after an injury that that could be detrimental, but seems like is is healing really well. So I just I get nervous. I think in that I feel like in specific areas the Braves have shored things up. I think the rotation heading into this season. Um, even compared to where it was last year, I feel more comfortable, uh, especially with a guy that I, I, I'm huge on Ian Anderson. I absolutely love what we saw out of Ian Anderson last year. No matter what we saw out of his final appearance, I, I really love the confidence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just 
the talent that he brings. Uh, but when you start going position by position, do I feel more comfortable with this team than I did a year ago? And I don't know that I'm necessarily sold on that. Yeah, I mean, I, there are definitely some factors that would um, that that make it so that it's not like the exact same team as last year. Like you uh, alluded to, Marcelo Zuna is going to have to play in the outfield as opposed to being a DH. Um, who knows how that affects the Braves defense overall, you know, in terms of giving up more runs and things like that. And who knows how much that impacts Marcelo Zuna himself in terms of what he can he provides in the batter's box uh, because, you know, guys have their routines and it seemed like he was in a really good routine and, you know, had a good flow in that DH spot. So that remains to be seen, you know, um, I forgot what I was going to say. There was something I was going. You said something that I was going to rebut, and now I can't even remember uh, it. So th- did I ramble too long? No, no, no. It was it was all me. Um, oh, I remember. So with Freddie Freeman, what's the one thing that happened before he had that monster year last year? He got his elbow cleaned out, and I. That's the one thing that gives me hope that he could kind of have some similar, ha- be able to repeat that kind of season. Um, and even going back to 2019, I remember he had, he was right up there and as with some of the best stats in baseball until he had a terrible September In September, he only hit two homers, I think. And it was like on the like September 1st. And it was when that elbow started bothering him and he was never that same guy all the way through the playoffs. Remember it was like locking up on him in those playoff games. Um, so it I got, think that uh, it got bad enough that I really don't think they should have played him. But yeah, I know a lot of people were saying that he, yeah, that he shouldn't be playing. Um, so that kind of gives me hope that he can, you know, be that guy. But regardless, you, Freddie's the one guy where I feel like you know, okay, you might not be getting MVP um, quality out of him over the course of a season, but if he's not, you're going to get something pretty, pretty darn close, and a guy that you will always want in the batter's box in any situation. So. Um, yeah, but generally I'm just excited about this team. Um, I think what's been exciting also has been what's happening around Mike Soroka. Uh, again, going back to last year when he tore that Achilles, it was like doomsday scenario, both for that season, but then also people were, you know, and myself included was assuming like, shoot, well, he's going to miss, um, at least half the next season. Turns out, you know, these Achilles injuries with the 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 magic of modern medicine, I guess. I don't know how they do it, but um, apparently they can get these things pretty much 100 percent healthy in about five months. And then at that point, it's just about building up all the other ligaments and, and things that atrophied when you had the the heel immobilized. But it sounds like Mike Soroka is doing really well. And that gives me optimism uh, about this rotation because it sounds like. Um, he may only miss about a month of the season. And if you ask Mike Soroka about it, he seems like he's gung ho about getting back out there like ASAP. And um, that is very exciting because I don't think anybody was expecting that about this time last year. Yeah, I do think uh, it's strange thinking that we're going into a season where you get to add <laughs> that arm. Yeah, like later into things, you know, I I think the the lineup as it stands, the rotation as it stands, I feel comfortable with it to to start out the season. Where are are you more leaning towards seeing Charlie Morton on opening day or um, or getting Max Freed? Or do you care? 
I, I don't really care. <laughs> um, I'm it's, with you. The opening day thing for me, I know it's like always it was like a running joke with Julio Tehran and everything. Yeah. Um, it's never it's for me, it's never been a big thing. I mean, I know it's a notable like achievement and kind of like a, a I don't know what you would call it, just like, you know, a feather in the cap for players and things like that. Um, it's never been a big deal for me. I would think it's going to be Max Reed, but I don't know. Maybe it will be Charlie Morton. Um, I I don't know. And yeah, I don't really care that much. No, I'm I'm with you. I I mean it it sets the rotation to an extent. Not yeah, that that yeah. can't be changed at some point and and will once uh once Mike Soroka gets added back into things. I do think one of the things that we got out of Mike Soroka was listening to him last week and him talking about the injury healing. Uh you mentioned this to me off air and I thought it was worthy of us bringing up discussing here that Alex Anthopoulos kind of jumped out to be to, to say, oh, you know, we got we to gotta slow Soroka down. He's just, you know, he's such a young pup and ready to go, and, and we got to calm him down. And, and then when Mike got in front of the podium, it kind of seemed like his idea was, no, 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 I'm taking this very seriously, uh, very slowly, and kind of uh, compared his approach to what Kevin Durant did uh, over in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, no, it was interesting because it was I, – I didn't love hearing it because I don't like hearing, like, a player and a – you know, someone in the front office, the GM kind of talking differently about these kinds of situations. Like, I don't want there to be discord um, between the two sides, but don't want mom and dad to fight. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think that, you know, it's interesting that Soroka was kind of adamant that he's not pushing it, that he's being safe, all that. But he will he was still saying, like, I can hit, I can hit, I can, you know, I'm, I can feel my position. I'm going to be doing those drills. Um, I'm, he was like saying that he was ready essentially. So on the one hand, yeah, I do believe him. Like, especially in the course of the rehab, when he was still going through all the, the physical therapy with regards to the Achilles and everything, I'm sure that he was being very careful with it. But at this point, it does seem to me like he's kind of anxious to get out there and, um, and be part of this team during the season as soon as possible. And he said that, you know, it's something we're going to need to talk about. He, he kept, he said that once or twice or maybe even three times. Um, so it sounds like they have not made a decision yet firmly, obviously at this point as to what they're going to do, but it seems like it's something that Soroka wants to like, make sure that they're on the same page on in terms of how much time he needs to rest. Because the, the, the thing with the Achilles injury and what Soroka was saying with regards to Durant is Unlike Kevin Durant, who knew he who needs to be able to jump off of one foot and dunk a basketball, you know, um, Mike Soroka doesn't necessarily need that. He needs to be able to pitch and defend himself in the box. And he thinks he can do that, both those things, and, and obviously field his position um to a to a capable extent right now. And so the 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 decision then becomes what exactly what risk are you taking by holding him out longer? And then what are what are the costs of, of holding him out? And I think that the costs are going to be much outweigh the risk, the potential risks. And so that's why you'll probably see him come back sooner rather than later. Or at least that's what Mike is going to ar- argue um, to the front office. No, I don't want to say he's going to argue, but you know, that's what he's no, going to say you. when they have these discussions. Yeah. So. Another position that may not be shored up or may change within the first month is what we're going to see out of center field. Uh, As it stands right now, we ended the 2020 season with Christian Pache playing center field. Are 
I mean, are, are we expecting that to continue or do we get another season of the Ender Enciarte experiment that if you remember at the beginning of 2020, there was a, a particular guy on this podcast who was very much, uh, I wouldn't say ride or die for Ender Enciarte, <laughs> but was it was definitely taking the wait and see approach that maybe a particular guy on this podcast is not willing to do so in 2021. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, Ender is, I, I love Ender Enciarte, um, great guy, he's, uh, so I cover Atlanta United as well, and it's like, I remember I was at um, Atlanta United's training ground when Ender Enciarte came and presented Joseph Martinez with the golden boot that he won for scoring the most goals in the game, yeah, and uh, I just thought that was so Venezuela. Cool. Yeah, exactly, they're, and they're good buddies, um, so for that reason, I do love Ender, but um this is Christian Pache's job, right? I do think that, you know, we talked about not taking a lot out of these spring training games. I do have an inkling that Brian Snicker starting in Ender and Ciarte in that game yesterday, batting lead. I think that was a little, just like a measure of respect. Like, I think that that was like setting a little bit of a marker saying that like, again, nobody has a starting job at this point right now, but like Ender and Ciarte is going to be the guy who needs to be beaten out for the job. It's not the other way around. And I think that that's the right way to handle the situation just from a management perspective. Um, but I just am very confident that Christian Pache is going to prove that <laughs> over the course of um, this next coming month, both in the games and then obviously just what they see um, from them generally. Yeah, I I do have to wonder about whether there's going to be some playing and some tinkering around with service time. And if that's mm. how we end up with NCRT. Uh, to start things off, at least. Uh, if that is the case, they are going to have to present it in a better way because we literally just watched the Mariners absolutely you know, make a fool of themselves uh, with their team president coming right out in the open and, and talking about service time and how they're you know playing with things. And I think we we know that teams do this, um, but it's I guess it's it's how it's handled. Um, that I would wonder if, I mean, NCRT, like you said, he started yesterday, uh, but if Pache ends up having a hot spring towards the end of things, is there going to be any way that they can excuse it? Especially, I think it's more so the case if just, if, if Pache is, for lack of a better term, if he's serviceable and if NCRT isn't hitting, which is what was happening back a season ago i mean he just he just wasn't getting hits at all uh and you know i mean that batting average is is plummeting and and is there a point at which you say service time or not we've got to do what's best to to win and if this is the move we're going to go to do it now i i don't think the braves will be obsessed with the service time issue i do think that we could see them exercise that option to to kind of to to have do that manipulation but i only think that that happens if ender and Ciarte is the one who shows that he's hitting the ball really well and the braves can get by can can do well or early in the season with when with ender and center field i think it's more about ender's performance um even though I just said, I think, you know, Christian Pache will prove himself to, to be the center fielder over in, in CRT in spring. <laughs> yeah, we hope. I mean, I think we've all seen enough just from Pache um, in who he is that he will be that guy. But I think that if Ender gets hot, you know, then 
then maybe you see him, um, you know, carve himself out a little bit more playing time. I, I just don't see it, though. I mean, I feel like we start to obsess over this situation because every spring training we're looking at, you know, what are the position battles? And then there's like this uh, hyper focus on those players. I don't really see a lot of those this year. And so I think that that's one of the reasons like why we and fans and we're all just like trying to like find something to focus on. But um, and I understand, obviously, there's like legit conversation to be had around this. I just don't think that it's um, a huge. Uh, I just don't think it's that controversial that Christian Pache is going to, to be the guy that is in center field on opening day. No, fair enough. I do want to include, Joe, a little bit of our uh, Facebook Live audience. I saw a question that popped up on here earlier that I find uh, slightly comical. Also, just interesting, something I want to get into that Let's I think is a little bit uh, apart from where we may have gone. Um, there is a a deeper discussion to be had, and I know we'll have this in the future, on what position-wise the Braves need to bolster to to push and you know to to be competitive however we've got uh barney bailey who who wrote in on facebook live what about signing outfielder yasiel puig he said he puts a number on it five million dollars for one year i think that's uh, uh quite a bit higher than what he was going to get if the braves had signed him if he had not uh contracted uh covid 19 back last year uh, is Yasiel Puig worth kicking the tires on and bringing in as a bench piece along with some of the other random names that, that have come in so far? I can totally see why that would be an interesting option. And if we were playing MLB the show, I would definitely <laughs> do that, you know, because yeah. it's like, okay, I can have a guy with uh, these ratings, you know, who's got like this kind of batting profile just sitting on my bench and I can just use them as a, as a D as a pinch hitter or whatever, anytime I want. Um, I think that there are some more like um, personal dynamics with that situation where, you know, Yasiel Puig is a fiery character and who knows if he would even be interested in signing with the Braves. If they're like, Hey, come sign with us for to, to be a bench player. Um, that might not be what he wants. So I'm sure it's not what he wants. Um, granted, he might be running out of options if he's still available <laughs> at this point. So um, I, I just think it's a, it's a, I wouldn't do it personally, um, but I totally understand the situation. If you had an injury in the outfield then that that crops up during spring training, then I definitely think that that would be uh, an option to look at. Yeah, I was thinking they claimed uh, Abraham Almonte off mm -hmm. waivers last week, kind of brought him in in that right field uh, position or, you know, I guess potentially could be late game replacement um, because they're that that will need to be uh, that position will need to be filled a late inning guy to come in for Ozuna uh, who's going to give you uh, you know, better defense than, than what you would potentially get. Yeah. Uh, I just, I thought it was interesting that seeing, seeing that name revisit Yasiel Puig, who, who was like so much excitement literally this time a year ago, we were ecstatic was, yeah. Yeah, uh, with, with him coming in or maybe it was, I don't know. Was it this early or was it back? Uh, it was closer to like July. I think yeah, it would have been was the getting summer. ready. Yeah. 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 When things were getting ready to go and it was, you know, that was a name. And then 
the the physical was failed because he he contracted the virus and then we never heard from him again never discussed him again i thought they would go back in for him but um i can't remember what dynamics changed there in the outfield i i, I think that by the time that came around like atlanta's outfield was looking like it was in better shape at the end. Yeah, I think, I mean, Duvall was was obviously having the season that he was having. That's right. um, Until, unfortunately, things went cold in the playoffs. Uh, But, yeah, it's just uh, one of those interesting names that that I had not forgotten about, but just had, like, pushed back in my mind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I want to stay away from. Um, I do kind of think, Joe, is there anything you want to get into before we, we we wrap things up? We are close to the end of time. There are so many things we can talk about, but we are getting toward the end of our time. Um, I'm kind of glad because it means we'll have more to talk about next week. <laughs> exactly. uh, we can just put we can just push some of these things back because, you know, a lot of this stuff is we'll just, you know, during spring, it's there'll be more stuff for us to talk about every day. So. Yeah, we can't overreact to every single game. You know, I mean, the, yeah. the Braves are, are still winning four to two as we speak um, in the top of the seventh inning against the Red Sox. You know, so uh, get your get your pennants ready for for the upcoming season. Oh, by the way, one thing, my dark horse this season who was the guy who started this game, Waskar Yanoa. I think he's either going to end up playing a a, a role in the rotation that we can't anticipate right now or he's just going to be a really solid reliever for this team yeah there are there are times that you and i vehemently disagree about certain things and then this is one particular player that i think we discussed this uh, maybe a week or so ago about the fact that even some of our atlanta media members left enoa off what they expect to be the the uh, opening day roster and mm-hmm. i was like absolutely not like it it's one of those it does baffle me that kid's 22 years old uh yeah you know it just it seems so young and has has come in what i would consider clutch in in big moments uh for the braves especially last year i th- i thought he played very well and and gave you know plenty of room for improvement uh, but plenty to be excited about that i i would completely agree with you if if there was a dark horse pick um that that would that would be a guy do you have a guy who maybe we've been and i hate to be negative but a guy that maybe we've been hot on that uh fades to black during this this season who fading to black that is dark <laughs> but i would say that I would say Max Freed, I think, is due for some uh, like regression. You know, he was like a Cy Young candidate last year. I could see him falling back a little bit this year. Not that I really have any reason to expect it, but he's just one of those guys where, you know, you, you could see things not going as perfectly smooth for him this year. He's dealt with blisters and things, um, which didn't really crop up as that much of an issue last year. He did have one thing last year. I can't remember what the injury was. I think an ankle that happened like right toward the end. Um, but I guess he would be my one guy. I will say some an interesting thing. One more thing with regards to Yanoa that I thought was interesting. Brian Snicker revealed yesterday that they're going to stretch him out this spring as a starter. And if they don't end up needing him because they want him to be in that competition for potential, you know, I think anticipating that Soroka will not be available for opening day. I think they want to give, you know, a, a chance to win that job um, along to help, again, push Kyle Wright, these kinds of guys. But if he doesn't win the job, then he'll, he said he'll be a guy who could potentially pitch mul- multiple innings for the team out of the bullpen. Um, so just a really versatile piece. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for him. I will go. I will steer very quickly back in the negative. 
Um, a, a guy who, yeah. <laughs> hello darkness, my old friend. Yeah, you know, I'm a, <laughs> that's why I wear black. You know, that's it's right. just, I'm sorry. It's it's it fits the personality. But uh, I will say I'm very 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 concerned about Chris Martin. Uh, mm. I feel I, I I saw someone, and I want to give credit. Uh, it may have been Scott Coleman who uh, on Twitter talked about the fact that Chris Martin is a sneeze away from an injury. And I just, I, I become so concerned about him. What we've seen in the past, you know, it was really high moments, but um, then once again in the playoffs last year, I just really get concerned about his health, um, especially as he's going to be needed so much more with a guy like Mark Melanson leaving um, and, you know, all the others uh, who will have to step up kind of in line uh, where we still don't know how this bullpen is going to be shored up. Uh, but I think Joe, I think we will leave it there uh, and, and try to revisit. Yeah. yeah. Revisit we'll talk about the division. And... We got a lot to talk about with some of these guys. We'll have a lot more looks at some of these pitchers and players uh, by the next time we talk. So there's, yeah, there'll well, be a lot. I was about to say part of it too, is we do need to see these guys once again, and that will take some time uh, to, for them to get some real innings uh, and, and kind of shore up what this roster is going to look like in 2021. We definitely want to thank you all for listening uh, to the Batter Up podcast. Go follow Joe at, was it J.A. Patrick 200? That's right. Still haven't changed it. That's fine. Still haven't. It's my, so, uh, yeah. from my, from my Hotmail email domain name Ooh. in like the at late le- 90s. At least we didn't go all the way to AOL. We, we, we stuck <laughs> yeah. with Hotmail. That's fine. But follow Joe at Patrick 200 You'll follow me at ATLJohnson18. Follow the radio station at 929thegame. You've been listening to the Batter Up podcast, a 929thegame exclusive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.